Ladies and gentlemen, this episode of the Open Guardcast is brought to you by Electrum Performance. Open Guardcast 25 is our discount code for you to get thick, mean, lean, and swole. And we are joined today. My name is Jake Waz. I'm joined by Danny O'Donnell. And uh, really, I think we would say we would say one of M- MMA's current, still active, to-be legends and former UFC and WEC lightweight champion and still going strong, Benson Henderson, who is also an Arizona native with his family. We have actually extra guests today, too. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you, got, you guys get a, a four for one. Oh, yeah. I, I'm totally down for it. Uh, yeah, we're so, so happy to have you on. Thank you so much for taking time out of your time being super dad to uh, be on the podcast. man. Of course, man. Of course. No problem. It's uh. Happy, happy to be on, guys. Happy to be on and, and chopped up a little bit. Of course, thank you. We appreciate it. And uh, actually, what's funny is Danny and I were talking before we called you, and uh, man, we we were talking about how uh, ready? Go. Somebody asked me a long time ago who I would want to have on the show, and you were very, very kind to me. I think it was at American Nationals. You were like, "Hey, what's up, man?" And I was like, "What? What are you talking about?" And I told, I always thought that if I ever had like a, cause I've always wanted to do kind of a thing with Danny and, and I thought, man, Ben Henderson's the guest to have. So it's really, you're fulfilling a, a, a young journalist's dream. Oh, well, right. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. That was the American Nationals where you were kicking butt, right? Mm-hmm. One of, you were, you were one of them. And, and, and joking on people in, in, in your matches. I remember that one. <laughs> that was, it was a fun time. I definitely was, a. I definitely didn't expect to do as good as I did in that particular one, but yeah, man. Um, you, you know, you I actually double gold on that one. I did, I did. That yeah. was actually the first yeah, year that I, I did that. double gold. That was the first year I did double gold. I got gi and no gi gold. But uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask you was something you've done kind of unique uh, about you and your career is, I mean, you've been one of the few athletes who have dared to compete both actively in jujitsu and actively in MMA. I remember watching you as a purple belt and blue belt and brown belt competing in Gustavo Dante's Arizona State tournaments. Um, can you, like, explain your decision to do that? Like, was that a little kind of nerve-wracking at first to go out there and compete in both, or? Uh, no, for, for me, it was all just about, like, having fun. Like, I, I love uh, competing, whether it's wrestling, whether it's tic-tac-toe or chess or playing my boys, whatever it is. You know, I, I love to compete, I love to have fun. And my job is, is pretty stressful. Like to, to win is everything, you know, world titles on the line. You have to win, you have to win. And, you know, coaches counting on you and this and that. And you gotta like, you know, it's, it's, it can be stressful. Uh, so be able to compete for fun with nothing on the line. Just go have fun go do your best. Go, go, go rock out. And, uh, that's super awesome to me. That's, that's a, that's a stress relief. That's a, that's a good time for me, you know? So I, I think it's a, a good natural, you know, it's going back to the roots of, of competing, having fun. For me, it was wrestling. That was my fir- that was my first love, you know. Uh, so, you know, uh, it's adapted to change a little bit from wrestling to jiu-jitsu. But same idea, you know, one-on-one. You can try to control the other person and, and get your hand raised. Uh, so, for me, being able to compete in jiu-jitsu as well as MMA, uh, it was a huge, actually, stress relief thing for me to do to be able to compete and just have fun. I love to compete, but then take away the stress of it. That, that was awesome for me. I, I needed that, actually. Yeah, for sure. And I noticed you competed against uh, Edwin Najmi, too. And you you hinted on your Twitter a little bit that you might want to take a little more jiu-jitsu matches and get a little more involved with the, uh, the Brazilian jiu-jitsu scene as well. I mean, 
you've all, you've struck me. I mean, I remember when I competed at Fight to Win Pro 12. That was the event where you fought Jay Pages, and, yep. and yep. Fight to Win is now, and it's like 150th show. So, do you have more plans to expand on that? Uh, I would love to. Uh, again, going back to competing, having fun. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, I, I really like it. I really enjoy it. It's, for me, it's a good time. I normally only do uh, events here in the state of Arizona, just because for me, getting away from this guy and this guy and that <laughs> guy and my wife and my two-month-old baby girl is kind of hard, you know? So, mm -hmm. Roma, I don't travel too much because that's just – for me to travel, for me to get spend time away from my family, you got to pay me a lot of money, you know? Yeah, um, for sure. So, for, so for me – Oh, you gotta wait a little bit, sucker. <laughs> um, a block of cards. We gotta be that's, careful, huh? That's why. That is. Oh, look, they're turning right there. That is why. Hey, ready? Uh, so for me, um, competing, like you know, spending time away from my family like that, you know, you gotta pay me a lot of money. So normally I just did local Arizona stuff, unless that's it was cool. like a Worlds or you know, Pan Ams or whatever. Uh, but I think that uh, if I'm not as busy as I would like to be for uh, MMA, and I wasn't as busy, yeah, I wasn't as busy as I as I would like to be for MMA. Uh, you know, I I need something. I gotta compete. I'm gonna drive my wife crazy. <laughs> if I don't do something, she's like, yeah, you need to go do a tournament. You need to go do something. You need to get something in there. Uh, so I, I'd love to do uh, more more. Uh, Jiu-jitsu, gi, no gi, you know, whatever the case may be. I love to get a couple of wrestling matches in. My, me and my uh, teammates, uh, not every year. We did it the past like two or three years, two or four years, something like that. We go up to the uh, Emory Riddle Aeronautical Open wrestling tournament and throw on a singlet, throw on headgear. And <laughs> we get beat up by them college boys, but uh, we have a good time, you know. Again, going back to competing and having fun. So, uh, mm -hmm. How old is this little guy right here? This little guy right here is... Almost one and a half. Oh Almost my God. one and a half. Yeah. <laughs> and he's already freaking nutty on the on trying to skateboard. <laughs> trying to do tricks already. <laughs> yeah. They take after their father. Yeah. <laughs> he's uh, out here on a podcast. On a, are you on a skateboard right now? Uh, I just was. Yeah. I got off. I'm letting my oldest on now. Literally <laughs> taking care of four kids. While skateboarding, while podcasting. <laughs> yeah, multitask. They say you have more kids, you gotta learn to multitask, right? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I'm, I'm taking notes. Go back. I'll hop on the bike. Hop on your bike. If I'm, if I'm doing jujitsu and a controversial thought pops in my head, I stop. So I don't know. How you... <laughs> hey, come. Right with Appa. Let's go back. Danny. Tell them to so, go back. One thing that I always thought was really interesting, too, is just like, how you were able to kind of use all your experience in like the the wrestling and the jujitsu and bring that into MMA because you've always been like one of the best grapplers in, in your division whatever division you were competing in so do you feel like that was kind of one of the things that gave you like a leg up in your grappling against your opponents is like you also tested yourself against some of the best in those sports in like a very pure way uh, I think for sure uh, being able to rely on something whether it's your jujitsu or your wrestling grappling or whether it's like taekwondo or the case may be that helps a lot being able to fall back on something and having that something you fall back on being a very strong, fundamentally sound, um, uh, source being a very strong, fundamentally sound, uh, you know, martial arts that you can rely on. It, it was huge. I think for me and just, a kind of like peace of mind, like your, your, you know, um, 
knowing in the back of your head, oh, if worse comes to worse, I can always just grab a hold of them and try to just wrestle, try to just grab them, try to, you know, work my jiu-jitsu game. Uh, so that that always helped keep me uh, relaxed and calm in the cage, knowing if I wasn't doing as well as I'd want to do in the stand-up, I can always go rely more on my wrestling and grappling. Mm. Are we racing, Kyung? Is that what we're doing, boy? Are we racing? <laughs> it's getting competitive. <laughs> Speaking of racing and staying active, see that that's a, that's a good segue. Uh, I read earlier in our uh, earlier an article about you having. I mean, you were competing for the better part of your entire, whether it was amateur, you're just starting out, or your competitive career, or your competitive professional career. You were competing like every other month, right? Uh just about. Man, and then there was uh, as busy as possible. I knew uh, my window of being able to compete. As professional athletes, we, we think we have forever. We think, you know, this lifestyle we have, having fun, being able to compete, is going to last forever. It's really not. If you got to realize it's a small window of opportunity that you have to, to go out there and live your dreams. And that's what we're doing, right? We're, we want to go and live our dreams. We don't want to have an office job 9 to 5 and be stuck inside like we are. The, all right, slow down, Kyung. Slow down, Kyung. Now, slow down. <laughs> Good job. Come on. Dad moment. Both ways across the street. We got a we got a dad moment. Our dreams and uh, yeah. I think that's the uh, big big part of what I'm what, I, what I'm doing is I'm trying to still play around, have fun, live my dreams, and and enjoy the ride, enjoy the process. Oh yeah, doing it right now. Uh, Back sidewalk, young. I think about like um also <clears throat> you have opened the MMA lab, right? And I yes. don't know how how long has the MMA lab been open? Um. It opened up. It opened up in 2007. Mm. Wow. My first fight was 2006. Uh, the gym opened up in 2007 is how I always remember it. Dang. You got so, turned, see? So pretty much, I, you know, I actually didn't know that. I was the way my question was going was I thought that you had opened up the MMA lab in like 2010 because your career your career did start in 2006. Uh, so you've pretty much had your entire professional career spent at the gym you opened. Uh, well, originally I started uh, in 2006. My very first class was April 15th, 2006, underneath uh, John Crouch. Mm. And I uh, moved down to Denver. And then from there, like five, six months later or so, he got a phone call from uh, the old owner of the gym, the MMA lab. Uh, dude's name was Jason Beck. Um, and then, you know, over the course of years, uh, fast forward 10 years later, something like that, and eight years later, uh, Jason Beck wanted to sell the gym. John and I were like, hey, figure you sell the place. We got a little money saved up. Uh, so then he sold it to us. Yeah, now you can get down. Good boy. And, uh, yeah, so I have been at the gym uh, from, you know, 2006, 2007 or so. Uh, but originally my, my, my career started with uh, John Crouch at Mile High Gracie Jiu-Jitsu in Denver, Colorado. Wow. And for those for those of you listening who have never seen like an inside view of the MMA lab, it's actually really really like I remember the fight to win weigh-ins were there. There's there's fight posters from if, correct me if I'm not mistaken. Uh, there's fight posters from like every current active fighter has a fight poster on the wall, right? I yeah, every, every, all of our all of our fighters, all the uh, our our UFC fighters, uh, one championship fighters, Bellator fighters that are currently fighting one now, yeah, they they all got their posters up on the wall. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And uh, wh- I know that uh, Clayton Carpenter has been training there. Clayton Carpenter is a very good friend of mine. 
I've known him for a very long time. He uh, is training at MMA Lab as well, as is uh, a lot of, I mean, people who are doing really, really well. Uh, I know Alex Caceres is back. He's competing more regularly now too, right? Uh, yeah, he uh, he just moved. He lived. He was training out of the gym. Um, he lived in Florida, but he did I think four or five training camps where he would you know fly up and live here for about two months or so, get ready for fight, and then uh, you know have his fight and then move back down to Florida. He did that for four or five camps and decided just to move up to Arizona. I was like, hey, forget it. I'm just gonna move up here. So then he moved here for about, I don't know, like six, seven years or so, eight years. He, li- he lived in Arizona. And he just recently, uh, last year, he moved back back down to Florida with his wife. They got married and they moved back down to Florida. Oh. Yeah, Florida. We were just talking about, uh, uh, also before the show, the fact that IPJF Pan Ams is in Florida. And uh, how Florida has basically said, ah, coronavirus doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. They, they have their own rule set on uh how to handle the coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, you know allows, what? It allows us to compete. Uh, yeah. I was thinking about doing Pan Ams this year because they don't, they don't need the, the points, right? You don't need the points to qualify. Right. Same, yeah, you don't. Same make for Worlds. I was like, oh, if I don't need to, I don't have to not waste my time, but I have to spend time to go do these tournaments and get points to qualify. If I, did, if I don't need to go uh, qualify and get these points and I can go do Worlds, I'm uh, intending on doing Worlds and, and Pans perhaps as well. Pans is pretty soon, right? I might, I might yeah. not do Pans. I might just do Worlds actually. You know, Pans, I'm, I'm getting on a plane for Pans in three days. I think it might be a little late. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when, I, when I found out about it, they had the day day after I found out about it, uh, they had closed res- registration. So it is what it is. No biggie. Nice. So I kind of wanted to go back and ask you about uh, the lab a little bit more because I think it's really rare nowadays for, like, high-level MMA fighters to stay at one location where they're training for their entire career. Um, that's, I, I think that's pretty unique, but w- what would you say are like the, the benefits of like training with the same team and really like developing a really deep relationship with one coach throughout your whole career? I'm, I'm, I'm biased of course. Cause, uh, cause I am, you know, you're, you're speaking to the guy who has done that, but I think it has so many beneficial, uh, attributes to it as far as establishing a relationship. And for me, like fighting school, I love it. It's awesome. But it's more about the, the relations I established, about the people I'm around, the camaraderie. Like, fighting's awesome all that, but I, I wouldn't do it if I didn't have a, a good gym. I wouldn't do it if I didn't happen to meet my wife there. And then eight years later, you know, get married and have kids and this and that and yada, yada, you know. I, w- I wouldn't be doing this just for a paycheck, just for a, a job, whatever. So, for me, it's a, it's a lot more than just fighting. It's not a lot more than just just MMA is it's very much more holistic being a true martial artist uh having good friends at your gym my every every godfather of my son is one of my training partners is, is you know Jerry Canier, Augusto Tequino Mendez, uh Yatsin Meza, uh, my strength conditioning coach Jared Key. Those are my son's godfathers because I I love those guys and th- those I want those guys to be in my son's life for the rest of their lives, you know. Uh so to me uh it's a lot more of a holistic approach to to not just the gym it's not just the gym to me it's, it's about uh I, I put the gum back in the office car it means a lot more to me than just that yeah I've been, and, but as far as from a strict you know standpoint of uh the benefits you get out of it i think uh, having one coach being able to judge you weigh you see how you're progressing see how much you've gotten better 
why do you tell him don't go down our hill? He's, not <laughs> he's here to help us. He's he's here to help fix the drain. He's helping to help fix the sink. Uh, but your coach can, you know, throughout your career, see how much you progress, see where you've gotten better, see where your holes are at, see where your your breaking point is at, and know you've gotten better. Oh, yeah, he used to break around like you know, 15 minutes of this drill. Now we got him up to like you know, 18 minutes, 19 minutes. Oh, he used to really quit at the, when it came hard to, to doing this. But if your coaches are smart and your coaches know what they're doing, they're able to pay attention to that stuff and help you get better, help you grow the most. If you go to a new gym here, new gym there, the coaches don't know you, don't know what you've experienced, don't know what you're good at, don't know, you know, where you came from and how much you've gotten better, yada, yada, yada. So uh, I think staying at one gym is better than hopping around gyms, you know. Same thing for jiu-jitsu people. Jiu-jitsu people hop around gyms like crazy sometimes. They go to this gym, go to this gym, go to that. Oh, I need more personal training. Oh, I need more of this. Oh, I don't have enough training partners my size for this. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. I guess you, everyone, you know, what I need to realize is that everyone's a little bit different. Everybody yeah. needs this. Everybody needs that. Not everyone needs the exact same thing. Not everyone needs to follow Jose Aldo's blueprint on how to be a, a world champion. There's more than one person you can follow. You can follow St. Pierre's game plan. You can follow Jose Aldo's. You can, you know, take your pick. And the way Anderson Silva trained, everyone's a little bit different. So that's the part that I need to realize. Some people enjoy hopping gyms, going to this gym, going to that gym. That's cool, too. You know, if that's what you like, if that's what you enjoy, it's not wrong, necessarily. It's not the way I like it. But I want to say it's wrong. Yeah. Well, that's what's one thing that really appealed uh, to me watching you, because I, I mean, I'm 22 years old when you were winning championships. I was like blue belt. I uh, I noticed that you're from Arizona and I had heard and I was like, oh, he's trained with the same people. And I have trained with my professors since I was 12 years old, uh, Andre. And I get to be like, wow, there's like this is a, a great example of someone who has seen the highest highs in our sport across WEC and UFC and like the two, but I actually wanted to be a UFC fighter. Fun fact that I don't think you knew about. I wanted to be a UFC fighter when I started out, but I, yeah, no, I didn't, you didn't know that I actually would, uh, I was trying to get accolades and striking and stuff like that, but I eventually just settled on jujitsu. But, uh, yeah, you were definitely like one of the guys that I thought about was like, okay, cool. I know I'm doing the right thing. Cause this guy did it. You know what I mean? Like this guy who lives uh, here, you know what I mean? So I thought that that was it's something that a lot of people need to hear. And I like that you brought up jujitsu, you know, we're a jujitsu podcast. And, um, a lot, like, I feel like a lot of people are like, oh no, I'm, you know, training with the same people all the time is a bad thing, but I've trained with the same people since I was 12 years old and I'm still improving. And you have trained with the same people and built a family. That's a really important word family. And I think that's super important too. More people need to hear that kind of thing and stop, you know, relying on, I don't know, their own understanding. We, yeah, I, I think a lot of people that that is exactly it. A lot of people try to rely on their own, like, oh, I need this, I need this, like, like you might want to, you know, listen to some people who have a little bit of experience and, and get their take on it too. Like, not to say that they're going to be completely right or wrong. How you doing, brother? Yeah, not too bad. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, listening to other people, getting their input on what's the right way, the wrong way, what's the better way, you know, because other people have other experiences themselves. And, yeah. For sure. I love how you mentioned like having a, like a very holistic approach to the game and like really caring about the people you train with and the people that train you. Um, do you feel like that's one of the things that's given you so much longevity in the sport? Like you've been a champion for like over a decade, so being able to like still making improvements and be at the top level for that long is is do you feel like that's part of what contributes to that 
Uh, I, I think so, for sure. I think uh, a part of that longevity is my, you know, strength conditioning coach. Uh, just all your coaches in general, having the same coaches. How's it going, guys? Having the same coaches, uh, helping you progress, helping you get better. Uh, knowing, hey, if you want to do this for 15 years, 20 years, you got to make sure we're working on your strength and conditioning, working on your, you know, uh, your overall uh, health, uh, working on your, uh, you know, certain drills you can do uh, to help extend a, a longer career and not be too beat up, too old, too sore, too slow. Uh, later on, later on in life, you know. So uh, I think my coaches, my strength coach, Jared Key, my third son's godfather, uh, he did a, a great job of that and making sure, like, hey, you know, you can be a flash in the pan and and you know have a really explosive three, four years, and then no one really hears from you again, or you can be a different type of athlete where you're, you know, you're you're you stay competitive, you stay strong, you stay. Relatively fresh and, and not too beat up and, and strong and explosive for 15, 20 years, but we're, we're gonna have to handle that. We're gonna have to take care of our bodies. We gotta do this. We gotta do that. We gotta do this. Uh, so I listened to him. He said do this, and, I, and I've always listened to him. If he said, you know, we want to do this, we want to do, you know, a three-month block of just strength, strength conditioning or just uh, strength building. We do a, a three-month block of strictly uh, polymetrics or a three-month block of, of strictly just really focusing on uh, range of motion, you know, like we would do that. I would just do three months of just working on my, my range of motion, you know, uh, for your hips, for your for your shoulders, for, for everything. So that is what helped lead to uh, a longer career in anything you want, really, but for me specifically, you know, MMA and Jiu-Jitsu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you say range of motion, and it makes me think about how uh... – you are uh, actually impossible to catch in anything. <laughs> this one thing, I, this one thing I've noticed is like your not only is your submission defense incredible, but like even your ability to withstand and your flexibility is pretty crazy too. Is that due to a long period of like strength and conditioning and taking care of your body? Uh, I, I think it may be a, in, in parts. <laughs> Oh my God. Oh, he's showing us that he's showing us Bakugan right now. Yeah, he's all <laughs> about cool. Bakugan right now. That's cool. But uh, yeah, I think. Bit... No, of course. I want to show the open guard cast my Bakugan, Dad. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think that for sure the um, range of motion. Some people from MMA can't throw high kicks, and they say, "Oh, I work my high kicks forever. I work on the technique of my high kicks." But literally, your hip cannot open that much. Your hips are closed. They can't open that much. You got to work on your your range of motion. You got to work on your your not flexibility. That's the wrong term. People use flexibility as if that's the issue. But it's your range of motion. If you don't work on that, if you don't have someone smart to help you work on that, you're not going to ever be able to throw a high kick. No matter how much you work on the technique of it, your hips cannot physically open that much. You need to work on that, your actual mm-hmm. range of motion. Same thing with your shoulders. People have tight shoulders, and they get caught in a kimura, and they get stuck, and they, you know, they have to tap pretty early on to that kimura because of the range of motion of your shoulder joint doesn't go back that far it's not flexibility it's your actual honestly to goodness range of motion uh and that's a, a big thing to work on that people are you know if they don't have someone telling them to do it you know not very many people are someone else to, to look it up on their own uh let alone um listen to somebody else and they say work your range of motion they actually do it follow through with it okay so as someone with the tightest shoulders perhaps in all of jiu-jitsu <laughs> 
what are some ways that you would open? And also my hips hurt too, which is not a joke. I'm not even joking right now. Uh, what are, you're too young you, for that, man. No, I just have bad. Look at me, dude. I'm freaking tall and clumsy. Like I've got good hips, man. My hips are about as untrustworthy as they get. Uh, it's a Shakira joke. But uh, what are some ways that you open up your shoulders or op- like some ways, some exercises you can do to open up your hips and shoulders? It could be for MMA fighters or for jiu-jitsu people. Uh, a bunch of different exercises you can, you can, you can probably look up and get a lot better details than me mm. trying to show you over oh, this podcast or not. Uh, but there's a car, so just keep your palm up and like behind your back or you're behind your back. There's where and keeping it up and like laying prone and rotate all the way through. Mm-hmm. Then go back. Okay. Watch out for color. Uh, so like there's different exercises like that that you can do, uh, and you can go on Instagram and look up uh, cars or look up uh, um, different exercises you can do for uh, a range of motion. Look up range of motion, FRM. Like look up that hashtag, and, and they have a, a ton of workouts you can do for a range of motion for your hips, for your shoulders, for you know for anything. Okay, that's a good idea. Is that Hebrew on your shoulder, by the way? Korean. Korean. Yeah. Thought I was. I only uh, saw uh, a tiny Hebrew bit is, of it. Is a, is a, is a, is a cool the cool one nowadays. Everyone's doing Hebrew and stuff, but uh, for me it's uh it's, it's Korean. Speaking of Hebrew, my son's a cool Korean. <laughs> He's cool. Speaking of Hebrew, I see on your Instagram uh you have and I wanna I just I've always wondered what this uh yeah. the once in future king. Can you yeah. uh, I don't what is the explanation of the choice of that name on your Instagram? And of, I just don't, I, w- I would like to hear from you what that uh, means. I, for, for me, it was, you know, uh, reaching the top, reaching the mountain, mountain top, reaching the, the peak. But for me, it's, I don't know. Uh, it's a good question. I don't think I ever had that, that question before. I never actually had to word it either. Like, I never had to put it into words. But when, you, when, you, when you're the champ, when you're the best on the planet at what you do, for me, it was never like, oh, I'm the best, and then I, I stay the best. It was, I'm the best for this night. But I'm going to prove it again. The next time you see me, I'll prove I'm the best on the planet. Mm. The next time you see me again, I'm going to prove I'm the best on the planet. The next time you see me again. So it's not like I'm the best, and that's it. It's a, it's a done deal. But every time I step out there, every time I compete, every time you see me, I'm going to prove that I'm the best. So it's like, you, you are the best. I, I am the king, but I will be the king once again the next time you see me. As I, I don't hold the title. I don't, I don't, I don't hold that. It. it doesn't stay with me. But it's up there on the it's on the line every time I compete. So that that, that was my mindset for the, the, the once and future king. Like you're the king, but that doesn't mean you say the king. It means the next time you go out there, you gotta prove it again. Next time you go out there, you gotta prove it again and again and again and again to every sucker who steps up to you. I like that. I like that a lot. And you know, I I uh I like that's something that a lot of jiu-jitsu people kinda have to eat too, because when you're like the UFC champion, you have a belt and you are the champion. When you win a tournament, you are the champion of that tournament. You know what I mean? Yep. So like that's something I think a lot of people can really relate to. And I like that a lot. I think that's uh it is cool that uh your best friend was born in a major, so is mine. We share a mutual friend there. <laughs> heck yeah, heck yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh that, that I, I really like that explanation. That's that's very deep. Yeah, so I wanted to ask you ask you too about some of the some like the lessons you've learned just in training and competing for like all these years and uh i saw this video i think you did it for polaris before competing against wagner hosha but they were interviewing you and you were talking about like always being the hardest worker in the room and always trying to get one percent better every day and i think 
those are things that you've like embodied throughout your career and obviously those are super important so you can talk about those but are there any other like lessons that you feel like you learned from wrestling or jujitsu or mma that like you kind of carry with you throughout your whole life say one more time what was the question there do you feel like, uh, like along with those lessons, like the 1% better every day and being the hardest worker in the room, do you feel like there's other things you've learned in martial arts that you kind of carry with you throughout the rest of your life? Oh, for sure. I think there's a, a ton of lessons, like lessons you learn in every practice, a new lesson here, a new lesson there. Uh, and, and that's, you know, something you, you hold with. If you're smart, you can hold with yourself and, and, and you can keep for it forever. So that's something that you, you learn in one practice and you just forget and then you know, don't rely on again. Uh, but I, I would, I would just say with those two that stick to my head and stick out to me right now, for the most part, is being the best, uh, being the hardest worker. Because I wasn't always the fastest. I was almost never the fastest. I was never the strongest. I was never the best technique. But as far as being the hardest worker, every single practice I went to, I was, I made sure I was the hardest worker. I'd find who everyone else would say was the hardest worker. Like, oh yeah, that guy's the hardest worker. He, he's the hardest worker. Okay, cool. I'm going to work him. I'll make sure every, every single practice I work that guy. Uh, so that, that was my mindset. And if you, I think if you take that and you apply that to, to everything, apply it to class, apply it to your relationship. People get lazy in their relationships with boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, people get lazy at same idea. Be the hardest worker. Be the hardest worker in your relationship. That's not a bad thing. Uh, so I, I think to me, again, the holistic approach is, is a lot more important than just MMA or just, you know, fighting or practice. But you can apply that to your whole life, to your job, to, to anything. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you never really think you never really think about how a lot of people don't anyway. A lot of professional athletes, I feel like they don't think about anything but their professional athlete circle. I actually want to know, taking that same idea, uh, since, I mean, you weren't at the middle point of your career, you hadn't had a kid yet, right? How old is your oldest child? Five. Five. So basically, in 2015, you, had, you captured UFC gold, right? Yeah. How has changing, how has being a father changed your outlook, not just on life, but also on your career? Uh, like everyone says, like every new father says, it's the best thing. You got you know, like all the stereotypical things people say about being a dad, a father, for sure. I I would, I would have to agree with. It is by far the. I I though how I like to word it the most though, uh, my favorite way of wording it though is, for me when I became a dad, is when I realized, the story where you thought was your story, is not really your story anymore. You're not the main. You're not the main character in your story there's a new main character you are you are now a side character to, to your own story and once i realized that i was like oh, okay like that's a, the the you know the the shifts change the 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 thinking process when they change like that like oh i'm not i'm not the main character this guy's the main character that guy's the main character she's the main character over there and i'm just a side character to them that that was the uh the big part for me i was like oh yeah i can dig that that, that makes sense to me mm-hmm yeah because in my in my own personal like walk with christ that i've had recently i've I've had like a big moment and this is uh this was within the last couple months of just remember because i moved out of my my parents house and i live with my uh with a roommate now and uh i just realized that being a dad for me is something i really want to do with my life it's probably like just 
devoting myself to to my walk with Christ really showed me like, wow, I really want to be a father too, because that's as close as you're going to get to having a relationship, like to understanding how God feels about you, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, so I, uh, I see that whenever I meet a dad, I'm always like, how is it? <laughs> so that, that was like the, the inspiration behind my question. But, uh, it is de- definitely, big- definitely uh, to me, being a dad is, is as amazing as everyone says, oh, it's so great. It's this and the love you have for your kids. You know, you didn't realize what love was before for sure. A hundred percent. You, you really do not know. You think, you know, you really think, you know, you know, what love is about until you have your first kid. And then you're like, Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Or you think you were busy? You thought like, oh, you know, oh, <laughs> busy. Yeah, this going on, this going on. Then you have kids, and you realize, oh, realize what busy really is. I love how money is just like, <laughs> money is just like, uh, uh-uh, don't forget, <laughs> don't forget, we work a lot more now. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, do, do uh, being at the lab, you've probably been around like a bunch of young fighters. Being at the at the same place for so long, um, do you feel like there's any like particular traits that like stand out for people who you know accomplish their goals or make it to the UFC or Bellator or whatever, and and those who don't? Do you feel like there's big differences between those? I I I have thought of that before. I don't think I ever had that question, but I have thought of that before. The people who have that kind of success, the kind of success that they want, as opposed to people who don't have that, that success. And there's no one trait, like, as far as, like, personality-wise, like, from all different walks of... Put the stories back, please. No. <laughs> Say sorry, Cub. Say what was the accent. Say I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, like, all different types of, like, you know, there's no, there's no one, I think, singular, like, oh, they're type, this type of person or they're that type of person. I've, I've seen people who are, you know, all different types uh, that had success. Uh, but, though, <laughs> one common one would be, uh, again, there's a desire to outwork. And there's different definitions of outworking. Some people, like, when I yell, like, be the hardest worker, people think of, like, getting punched in the face and, and just straight – like running harder, like, but that's not what I mean at all. Like being the hardest worker, some of the people who have had that kind of success that people are, are, are aimed for, making it to the UFC, being a world champion, uh, no gi or gi or whatever, uh, that success can, it can be something as small as like paying attention to the details of simple head movement for 15 straight minutes, but nonstop head movement for 15 minutes, uh, for the small details of every time they grab your gi, you're, you're doing a, a, a grip break every single time, but you're not letting them grab the grip and then establish that grip and get a good strong grip and then you kind of break it and then it becomes almost impossible to break their freaking gorilla ape strong grip you know like, <laughs> breaking it right away uh, but those small little details those attention to details being the hardest worker what's that come hmm. yeah hold on one second i will uh but paying attention to details that, that sort of stuff uh that i think is one of the things that all the people that have that kind of success they were able to uh be the hardest worker at in those small details, not just like running the hardest or running the treadmill the hardest or lifting the most weights or doing this or that. It's not just the, the physical, but it's the, the small, uh, minute details that you're also the hardest worker at. Mm-hmm. So you've been on this path of working really hard for a really long time, and you've had a very large amount of, of uh, fights. One thing I want to ask is, do you have anything coming up that you're able to disclose 
or do you have any plans for the future or anything like immediate coming up that you're excited about? And then I have another question. I have a follow-up question after you answer. Uh, no, sadly, I wish I did have something to announce, but no, no, no fight as of yet to announce. I wish, um, I don't, I don't know what Bill going to do. Especially with me, uh, having just lost uh, to Michael Chandler, him heading over to, to the UFC, uh, having a clear cut number one contender, like it's, it's a murky situation in, in Bellator's lightweight division, lightweight rankings. And I'm not sure how, which way they're going to go. Um, uh, as far as uh, any other announcements or things coming up, I wish I got nothing. I got nothing. Still just uh, helping my, my teammates. Uh, we had Casey Kenny get a big win last night. Yep. Tyler Phillips at the gym. He got a big win last night. My, my boy, uh, John Braga, he, he lost. He did a, He had a boxing match. He had a boxing fight uh, in Vegas. He took it on like four days notice, something like that. Uh, but he, he lost his, his uh, boxing, boxing match. Um, and then I will be leaving to, to Fight Island. Dubai or wherever it is, Yaz Island, uh, to corner Jared Cannonier coming up pretty soon. My wife will be home, stuck with <laughs> my three wild ones in our little <laughs> oh, oh my god! Because of the uh, coronavirus, it's uh, you know we, we're we're gone for a longer extended amount of time. Like normally, being gone for fights is like six days or something like that. Not too long. Feels long to her. But this time, because of the coronavirus, they have those uh, quarantine protocols. For yeah, yeah. So I'll be gone for 14 days. And Oof. forward to that. <laughs> Dang. That is a lot of yeah. time. Well, my follow-up question uh, was, we see a lot of MMA fighters uh, that have an opportunity to work in a different way for the community. Uh, I know that you have the MMA lab and you have a lot of fighters that you're you're tutoring and you're growing with and you're building and you're helping them out a lot. Do you, but we've seen fighters like Michael Bisbing get into commentary and like other people get into like different uh, workings for like the UFC and and Bellator. So do you have any plans to maybe go down a a unique behind the scenes look in the sport? Or do you think that uh, you'll just work on growing the MMA lab? Let's say, I don't know how long in the future you like got a lot of fighting left in you. But um, like like far into the future, uh, uh, what you think you'll do? No, I, I've done a couple of commentary gigs. I, I did a couple for uh, Fox when uh, when you know UFC was on Fox. Uh, I had a couple of trial runs with Bellator. It didn't, didn't work out. I, I think I just don't. I'm not quite articulate enough when the cameras are on mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. You know, I'm, I don't. Uh, uh, I think what actually what it is, I'm not opinionated enough. I'm not willing to express uh, my opinion as if it's fact or be strong enough in my opinion. Like, oh, this guy's gonna win for sure, blah blah. blah. Like, yeah, I don't know. He might win. He might lose. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> so, like, that's not. It's not good enough for the for the for the execs. Like, they want they want a more strong, forceful personality. So, I don't think I quite have that personality they're looking for for the commentary or whatever. Um, but it, it'd be cool. But that's a lot of time away from your family because they're gone so much so often. So I really don't know if it'd be for me while my kids are younger, I want to be home more and and help out more. And, and, you know, my, my first thing is, uh, you know, being a fighter is my first and foremost. I want want to be a a great fighter or whatever, but like as much as I want to be a great fighter, the best fighter ever, 
I like to be an even better dad. I like to be an even better husband. Like, I want to be a great fighter. I want to be the best fighter ever on the planet. But as great as that fighter is, I want to be an even better dad. I want to be an even better husband. That, to me, is the important part. And being gone so much for commentating, uh, I don't know how some of those guys do it. Like, they're gone literally every single weekend. You see those guys at this event or that event. Then you forget. It's not just that one day they're gone, but they're gone for, like, three, four days uh, of the week, every week they're gone, you know, so it's, it's, uh, it's a lot. Um, and I, I don't think I would like MMA enough to really be involved in any other way. Like MMA is cool. I like it. It pays my bills. It's awesome and whatnot, but I'm not actually a big fan of MMA. I don't like talking about MMA. I don't like, I don't watch MMA ever. Unless mm-hmm. my, my, where my teammates are fighting, where my little brothers are fighting, I, don't, I almost never watch. Uh, I love the compete. I love the, I love the competition. So when it comes down to competition, I love that wrestling, Jiu-Jitsu, I love competition, but I actually don't really enjoy MMA that much at all, really. Like the community and like uh, all the stuff happening in it, like all, like like all the drama and everything happening in the community and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan of that at all either. It's, it, that's just annoying to me. I I, just, I tend to stay away from that. I tend to shut my ears to that 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 kind of stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, once they said what, and I just turn around and walk away. I I don't really care. Oh good. Cool. So outside of uh, like being a family man, obviously that's like a huge your number one goal, and then being a fighter. What what are some of the things you like to do when you're not training or taking care of your kids? That's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> that's your uh, whole life. Taking, taking care of the kids, and then I I make practices, you know, uh, and then you know, luckily my my wife she, she's pretty awesome. She's a rock star. She loves to train. She loves to to throw down also. So uh, whenever we don't have the kids and whenever we have time we to we're able to take the kids in the gym we take the, the kids in the gym and we train ourselves we train together so that's that's what we do for fun <laughs> you're going yeah, to the was... gym and, and either hit hit bags or i hold mitts or we uh try and choke each other out mm-hmm. how many years has it been since you took a nap <laughs> luckily my walk is pretty awesome uh, during training camps so i'm 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 pretty you know beat up and sore and tired and yada yada so during training camps uh I do get. She makes sure I get my. Uh, I get my nap time. That's right. That's that's pretty cool. I've I've heard a lot. I've talked about being a dad. I've heard from a lot of people that uh, you it's just like like crazy. You think you'll take a nap. You, no naps. Nap nap time pretty much goes out the window. Nap doesn't I mean, work. If you if you if you are taking a nap, then you're either not doing your dishes or you're not doing your laundry or you're not cleaning the the mess in the living room or you're not doing something that maybe you should be doing instead. So. Yeah, or your that kids. The whole sleep thing something. goes out the window when, when when your kids are younger. I'm hoping they say when your kids are older, when they're like you know seven, eight, nine, then it gets better and better and better. So my fingers are crossed for that. Uh, so okay, so what are the ages of your children? Uh, you have your little princess in your hands right now. Yeah. She is. She is two months. Two oh months. God. Yeah, and then the next is uh, just under a year and a half. Mm-hmm. After him is uh, we just had our three-year-old he just turned three two three days ago mm-hmm. and then my oldest is uh five turned five last month and for our, all of our people watching this podcast on youtube uh they all have his hair they all inherit his hair i'm sorry i apologize maria yeah, no, 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 we, we all we the, the hair gene runs strong in this family. <laughs> yeah, she she can beat me up too though, so I gotta be careful. I gotta watch what I what I watch what I say. Uh, I, I remember a long time ago uh, Maria was gonna compete on a fight to win card, a very long time ago. 
uh, like Fight to Win 12, I think was also it was also Fight to Win 12. She was going to compete versus uh, but the match got canceled, right? Or did she actually fight uh, on that card? She 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 had like she had a couple that got canceled, and and we we both competed in Fight to Win Pro a couple of times. Uh, we competed together. She did Fight to Win Pro. The one that he's talking about, I got hurt with who? With who? With who? Or, oh, the the one Fight to Win. Uh, Pro 12, uh, Maria got hurt in her match with uh, Liz Carmouche, uh, mm. the mission only, no time limit match. Uh, oh. She her ankle in that match. I'm, I'm going to see if uh, Seth Daniels can put together a Nogi subversive event. We just have Team Arizona, and then uh, I'll, I'll go out there. Man, I, I, I've been on Seth at all forever about getting something like that together, but he, he needs to get a, a, a Team Arizona for sure. I think, uh, I think it'd be I'm fun. Not- I'm gonna pull his leg. I'm gonna, cause I'm gonna see him in Philadelphia. I have a match I'm not allowed to announce yet, but ah. I, uh, but I'll tell you after the show because you came on the show. Uh, but uh, <laughs> once we're once we're done recording, but yeah, I can't announce yet. I'm going to Philadelphia October 23rd, and uh, and yeah, I was wondering when you were gonna compete again, cause I know you definitely you like going back to what we said before. You said you wanted to compete in in the gi more, but also just like competing in jiu-jitsu in general. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, definitely. I'm gonna pull Seth's leg. I'm gonna tell him, be like, you need to listen to the open guard cast. I'm trying to get him on too. <laughs> oh, he'd be great. Seth would be awesome. He'd, he'd have a ton of stories for you. He'd be oh. laughing the whole time with his, with his butt. Oh man, you're you're. So what's 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 funny? I'll tell you funny something funny, Ben. Is you are like you're very respectful, family man. Man, we've had some people have gone off the rails on this show. Like oh, we yeah. like we did not know it was gonna be a crazy episode before we picked forward, and then all of a sudden we're like after the episode, Dan and I'll be talking, be like, what just happened? Yeah, <laughs> what just happened during that whole thing. That was so weird. That was awesome. That's funny. Well, we just want to thank you again for coming on. It's been been about 45 minutes, but we really, really appreciate your time. We know you're super busy, like you're saying. So we just want to thank you for coming on and spending time with us. Of course, of course, no problem, Danny. I appreciate you guys too, man. Uh, so Ben, is there anybody you want to thank? Any sponsors? Anything you want to promote? Shout out. Um, I'm gonna shout this woman right here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Maria Henderson. Shout out to Cub. <laughs> to Cub. Oh. Okay. Oh. Those are boy. And uh, Kyung and, and Koa. Shout, shout them out. There's Koa. There he is. Shout What's out up, to the Koa? Henderson family. <laughs> oh, he's got a big smile. He loves it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, we want to thank our sponsors, obviously, Election Performance. Open Guard Cast 25 is our discount code. If you want to become, if you want to become as strong in the weight room, or even let's just say a, almost as strong in the weight room as Ben Henderson is in his ability to be a father then you got to use an open guard cast 25 electric performance uh we also want to thank agro brand hydro photography chill fit cryo uh marta bjj marcio andre jiu-jitsu let's thank fight to win because we're just on the topic i want to thank this little guy we'll see him at a gustavo's tournament one of these days and uh we want to thank ben henderson and the mma lab and everybody who's fighting out there uh and shout outs to kyler yeah i actually kyler i'm really happy to see that he did so well and uh, man, he's an athletic guy. He can do like a backflip and a half. Like yeah, he, the- he he probably has the the biggest upside of anybody who's ever walked outdoors. That that kid is all sorts of athletic, all sorts of freaking yeah. just freaking nature type stuff. I like him a lot. But uh, yeah, we want we want to thank you a lot, Ben. Like I said, it's it's very it's an honor to to interview you. You've been you've been so great to the community of Arizona, and like it means a lot to me and Danny. We care about our community so much, and we uh we're trying to be. A, 
this bright light in the community. And it's nice to interview people like you who are like an example of that. So again, thank, thank you so you, much. Man. I appreciate thank it. You. Thank you guys. And uh, Danny, if you have no further questions, then you can go ahead and you can take us out of here. Thanks everyone for listening. That was episode 50 of the Open Guard Cast with Benson Henderson. So definitely keep up with him on his Instagram and his social media, and hopefully he'll have a fight soon. So thanks everyone for listening. Thanks, guys.